Today, Memorial Day 2020, we remember all of those who have and continue to fight for our country. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. I hope everybody is having a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Yes. Oh, by the by, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at RMKMadness. Check out all my content there. Tried to be on Twitter this weekend, but I was busy being lazy. There's lots of people out and about, um, nice little video going around Twitter, Lake Ozark, people just doing the same old shit. Still lots of people thinking uh, we're in the clear from this whole virus thing. I was getting into an argument with a dude on Reddit over this shit. I don't know why I allow myself to be dragged into these arguments. Because those people aren't going to change their minds. They're going to remain steadfast and that this is no big deal and all of that. And I'm trying to remain optimistic. I I go outside. I still have to go to the store. But I'm trying to hang back because especially after this weekend and all the get-togethers and gatherings and you're seeing it on Twitter, we could see a rise in cases. Now we'll see. Things may just kind of be like they are until the fall comes. But all those people not thinking that this thing won't come back in the fall. Now, with the mutations and all that, all viruses mutate, okay? I know, we're back to this, even though it's a fantasy football. But I'm serious. All viruses mutate. Now, we have no idea if this will mutate in a way that makes it uh, more deadly or if it doesn't change it much at all. We don't know. We won't know until it happens. And there's nothing we can do about it till there's a vaccine. And uh, just (laughs) not enough people playing this shit safe enough, if you ask me. But I still hope you enjoyed your weekend. I'm not saying don't go out and do anything or see people. Just try and be safe, everyone. Damn it. (sighs) The more this spreads, the longer we're going to have to deal with it. Like That's why I just don't understand. The countries who were like, nope. Let's lock this shit up. That was the way to do it. There's too many people here acting like we're taking, their freedoms are being taken away. Okay, I just, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I apologize. I apologize. We'll get into football. I'm done. Again, speaking of the holiday weekend, I did really nothing. We went outside a little bit. It rained yesterday, so didn't do a lot of outside activities yesterday, but hung around. Been doing Legos with the kids, board games with the kids. Uh, My six-year-old, well, soon-to-be six-year-old, he created his own Minecraft board game. Uh, So we got down on some of that. The wife and I have been smoking a lot of weed and watching Ridiculousness. And man, is there some rough shit on Ridiculousness. (laughs) I think it's a good show. You see 
these videos, people getting fucked up, and it's great. I used to not care for it that much. For some reason, Rob Deirdrick, the, the host, for some reason bothered me a little bit. But I'm watching it now, and I'm looking back, and I'm going, I don't understand why he bothered me. He seems fine. He's funny. He's a good host. But I like watching these crazy-ass videos. If anything, they're funny, they're entertaining, and very good tool as far as what not to do. It's a good teacher. Mistakes and idiocy can be great teachers. Even in the fantasy football world. How many times have you made mistakes in fantasy football and then you turn around and you learn from that the next year? You're like, well, I'm not doing that shit again. No, drafting Andrew Luck in the top 10, missing out on top receivers and running back. That was a bad idea. Why did I do that? I never did that. I'm just saying as an example, because a lot of people do for some reason. They just, you know, when you first get into fantasy, you don't realize the whole quarterback thing. You just think, man, I better get one of those awesome quarterbacks. But that's it's changing. I'm seeing a lot of tw stuff on Twitter. Um, JJ Zacharyson, there's some other people talking about looking at the quarterback situation. And I said, we'll probably do a podcast on this at some point. But I do think there's some stuff to look at there because... Sure, you could still wait and get a solid quarterback, but the problem is that nowadays, now in the NFL, the the scrambling quarterbacks, the mobile quarterbacks, they're becoming what you want. And people know that. Last year, I can't tell you how many leagues I kicked ass in because I had Lamar Jackson, either in a dynasty league from a rookie draft or because I got him, like, my friends and family league, the, my, the guillotine league I was in last year. I drafted Lamar Jackson late as hell. I tried approaching that this year in a couple of drafts. Man, every single one. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, fucking gone. Gone. Just like that. Because that gives you an advantage. Now, how big of an advantage? See, that's the thing with quarterbacks is we've always looked at, well, what's exactly the huge difference between Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round, say, and Phillip Rivers in the tenth? Not a huge amount of difference compared to, say, a running back you could get there or a receiver. But it's the, the tide's shifting a little bit, right? Because of these mobile quarterbacks. So now if you wait, you can still get a productive quarterback, but all those mobile quarterbacks are going to be gone. And the mobile quarterbacks add on to the passing with their scrambling. And it just makes, it just gives you an edge. So it's kind of a tough situation. It really is. And that's why I said in my podcast when I was talking about draft strategy, when we first were getting into it this season, when I was talking draft strategy, that's one of the things I was talking about was, hey, don't feel bad for taking a quarterback early because it's kind of important to try and get one of those scrambling quarterbacks because there is a big difference. Now, this year, maybe someone like a, uh, a Josh Allen, but even him, he's going pretty early too. So it's, it's definitely changing. And that's, that's why I said you can't feel bad if you're in the fifth or sixth round and there's not a running back or a wide receiver there that you're just in love with. Fuck it. Grab Deshaun Watson. 
you'll have an advantage over most of the teams that you play against in your league. That's just... Sometimes you got to change up, change up your strategy, not just from year to year, but in draft. And I've noticed just that I had an idea about it. Like, I thought I would be able to get Kyler Murray in a decent round in these, these few, the, the drafts that I've been in. Nope. He has gone way high because everybody is looking at Kyler Murray as this year's Lamar Jackson. And so, goodbye, late-round Kyler, Kyler Murray pick, because everybody's looking at it as, man, what if he's this year's Lamar? So they're not letting him slide to the late rounds. It's crazy. I'm going to have to look into it and read some more in these articles people are putting on Twitter, because there is a good discussion on Fantasy Football Twitter about the quarterback situation in fantasy football and how to go about it when drafting and everything. And I have my two cents about it. So I'd like to kind of see what everybody else says, examine everything, and then get back to it. So maybe that'll be a podcast coming up soon. Soon. But anyway, yes, moving on. As far as the NFL and this whole coronavirus thing, I read this weekend they expect full stadiums. I'm not sure how they expect that. <laughs> uh the guy I was arguing with on Reddit was talking about how all these experts and stuff say we should be in the clear by November. I don't know any experts or, you know, scientists that, credible ones that would say that. Because we're not going to have a vaccine by then and that's dead in the fuck of, in, in the middle of fucking flu season. Makes no sense. <laughs> I, I just, we'll see. I think we're going to get football for the most part. But this idea, full stadiums, I don't know, man. <laughs> and you know what? I could be wrong about all of this. Maybe I'm playing it too safe. But you know what? I'd rather be safe than sorry. That's just me. Anyway, enough about all that stuff. We're going to get into the madness. Talk about players most likely to bust. Yes. And then we're going to close it out, close it out, and do a little talk on my new unique unique league I mentioned last week that we're, that we're going to try and get rolling this year. It's something I've been working on for a couple of years. It's been really tweaked. So we'll get into that and discuss that a little bit. And so give me a second, take a quick break, and join me again for the madness. Welcome to the madness, yes, yes, and today in the madness, which for new listeners is basically the meat of the podcast, where I get into the main topic, I have an open, a close, and then the meat of the podcast, the madness, because that's kind of the theme if you haven't been able to tell. Anyway, so today for the madness, I have players most likely to bust. Based on draft position, and this is my view, my opinion, when I'm seeing where I'm seeing players go and looking at different things, different information, who's most likely to not live up to those, to that draft position? Okay, so I think I'm going to begin with wide receiver. And 
and I'm going to start with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I love DeAndre Hopkins, and I think for the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, this is awesome to have DeAndre Hopkins on your team. To get Nuke Hopkins and get rid of Dave, just overall, football-wise, it's fantastic. Now, fantasy-wise, I don't know. I do think, obviously, they're going to make him the number one. They're going to feed him targets. But he's also going to draw a lot of attention. It's going to open things up for Kyla Murray, for the running game, and for Christian Kirk, and for Larry Fitzgerald. I think they're really building something in Arizona, a good offense. But I just don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to bring in that top 10 value. Because it's not just the offense he's going to. Because you could make the argument, hey, he was the main guy in Houston. Deshaun Watson went to him all the time. But really, there was not a solid number two in Houston. I liked Will Fuller as much as the next guy. I think he's uber talented. He also can't seem to fucking stay healthy. Kyler Murray doesn't have to rely on DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to have a hell of a running game. He's going to have Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, they're going to have a good offense around them. Better than what was in Houston, I think. And so I just don't know if DeAndre Hopkins will bring that value. He's the third receiver going. And I guess I just don't see him getting top five. You got to think of some of the other players out there. I still like Chris Godwin. You've still got Julio. He's when he's healthy, he's always up there. Michael Thomas. There's so many guys that could reach that top 5. It's just like I'm not sure about Hopkins being there, particularly going to a new team. Because let's face it, the history of receivers going to new teams doesn't always pop off in the first year. I'm not saying it's impossible. But again, this is a tricky offseason as well. And the NFL can think, hey, this is going to be as normal as fucking possible. We just have to do it safely. We'll see. We will see how this all goes. Everybody, all the people... Who think shit is just back to normal and we're good and we don't have to worry about this anymore are just not paying enough attention. (laughs) They're not. I'm sorry. If you're one of them, I apologize. But you're not. This thing won't go away completely till we have a vaccine. We've got to have a vaccine. And that's not going to come till next year. So when this comes back in the fall, we've got to be prepared. We've got to be ready for it, particularly if it has mutated in a way that makes it more deadly. This is just plain, simple science, people. No, we don't have to live our lives in fear, but we have to be smart, we have to be safe, and we do have to prepare for the eventual return of the virus that could be much more deadly. And maybe it isn't. Maybe it's very similar to what we're dealing with now, and we can find a way to get through it, and we get the vaccine, and it's okay. That's what I'm hoping for. But there's no guarantee that's how it goes, you know. So we have to 
keep that in mind when we're doing this analysis, I believe, because this may not be a regular offseason. I mean, it's already not been a regular offseason. And as much as the NFL would like to believe or make us believe, whatever the case it may be, that football is going to continue as normal. I mean, they've talked about facilities opening. You hear in other sports, the NBA, NHL, they're trying to get their shit going now. And don't get me wrong. If there's a time to do it, now's a good time during the summer. And I think the NBA, the NHL, they have it in place. They're going to get this going as soon as they can and finish it as soon as they can and put off next season into, I mean, if you hear the both leagues, they're talking about December for the start of their next season. And I think that's a smart move because then, then if some shit does go down this, this fall, you're not in the midst of a season. You'll have known it ahead because it's not going to be December before we realize, before we know how bad COVID is going to be this fall. So I think they got a good job. But the NFL, that's going to be in the middle of the season. So if it hits bad, what does that mean for football? So we have to take all this into account. And I, I'm just, I, I remain not pessimistic. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just trying to be realistic, which means I remain skeptical that this is all going to go according to plan. I hope it does. I don't want anything to happen to football. I don't think you people understand. I don't say all this stuff because I'm trying to fear monger and stuff like that. This guy on Reddit talking about just fear mongering. No, it's trying people, medical experts, scientists, people that understand this stuff. They're just trying to get everyone to realize that this is not going away yet and it could potentially get worse before it gets better, before the vaccine comes. And just I don't think enough people understand that. And I believe I do to an extent. I don't understand all of it. <laughs> not that fucking smart. But I get it to an extent that I know that the possibility of this getting worse before better could affect football. And I have to take that into consideration. So how much time, going back to our conversation, apologies again. I know this is very pandemic heavy episode. I'm sorry. It's a big deal. And, you know, with all the states reopening and the big holiday weekend, it makes shit a little scary because you wonder what's going to come from this. Maybe nothing. But if we start seeing spikes because of all these gatherings and get-togethers, I, I just... Ugh. I guess I'm just kind of wait and see mode and I talk about it because I feel like we should all talk about it. It's a big, important thing in the world right now. And it really is hard to decipher all the football stuff with this going on. Because, again, going back to our conversation, I digress, apologies. With DeAndre Hopkins, how much time is he going to get actually with the Cardinals before the season? Before it really gets underway? And if it takes them a few weeks to get going, that offense, you know, you're already putting Hopkins behind a few weeks. I just, th there's so much to it that I just feel like he's being overdrafted a little bit. Now, it's hard not to because it is DeAndre Hopkins, but I do think uh, those other factors have to be taken into account. Another wide receiver. Going wide receiver 11, somewhere in the third round. Cooper Cup. Do you know <laughs> there? I have so many other choices in the third round. 
And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and look that shit up. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you who I'd take over. But while I'm doing that, let me explain my issue with Cooper Cup going that high. And hey, I like him in Dynasty, but we have to look realistically. That Rams offense was not very good last year. Okay? Now, they should be a little better this year. And we'll see what happens with Jared Goff. But you still have Robert Woods there. Yes, Brandon Cooks is gone, but they like to work their tight ends in. You now have running backs. You have Cam Akers. They're still using Daryl Henderson. They like Malcolm Brown. I think they're going to be running the ball, passing the ball to running back. I just, third round for Cooper Cup, just based on last year, because don't get me wrong, he looked great last I was under the assumption, because most players do, you need a little time after that knee injury. You, normally, you get that injury, and it's like, okay, you're done for a, a, a period of time. And then when you come back, it's usually a little while before you get back into shape. Like if a guy comes back from the ACL at the beginning of the year, and he's ready to go, he's through rehab, you know, he might not seem himself till three-quarters of the season are gone. And you see that a lot. And in many ways, this can be helpful in fantasy football because then the year after that, that guy's cheaper because people are down on him. That didn't happen with Cooper Cup. He looked pretty good. But that Rams offense was not the greatest. And sure, I imagine they'll be better. But, again, Robert Woods, they did a little bit of drafting. I just, how much can you rely on Cooper Cup? And part of it is, for me, I'll admit, is Jared Goff. I've never liked Jared Goff. And you saw what happened last year we didn't, when he didn't quite have the protection. And he's just not one of those guys that's going to make it happen for you, in my opinion. <sighs> so I don't know. I don't know. Okay, Cooper Cup. See, in this same area, does look like Thielen and T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf. Other guys going. Running backs, Devin Singletary, James Conner, Austin Eckler, Le'Veon Bell, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay. All people going around the same area as Cooper Cup. Now, I could think of a few for sure. Give me Keenan Allen over Cooper Cup. Adam Thielen over Cooper Cup, which it does look like he's going over. Kenny Galladay, obviously. In a redraft, I'll take Austin Eckler this year over Cooper Cup, even though I do feel like Austin Eckler at some point will have to run into some Joshua Kelly stealing some snaps. But even going down the list a little bit, early fourth round, DJ Chark. I will take DJ Chark over Cooper Cup. I'm sorry. Not sorry. So, I, I just to me, that's a little high for Cooper Cup. So, the receivers were hard because I do, when you look at the ADP, it does, it does feel and look as though, for the most part, receivers are going in good spots. And these are the couple that I just looked at and I said, I don't know, just seems a tad, tad high for me. So, moving on to running backs. And Derek Henry, also going in the top 10. 
even though he's at uh, RB6, so he's going late first. And here's my thing. We see this kind of every year with Derrick Henry, right? He really, <laughs> he's okay throughout the year, and then towards the end of the year, he just becomes a monster. That dude's a hard runner. Like, yes, he's a fucking beast, but at some point, wear and tear is going to take its toll. And, you know, he's on the franchise tag this year. And I just, there's so many factors into it. Do I think he's going to come out and run hard and play well? Yes. Am I positive he'll return that draft capital? I don't know. I, <laughs> it's just, the, the running back position to me is so volatile. And you've got all these rookies coming in. And you've got running backs changing spots. And I just think there's, there's so many different ways it could go. And I don't know that you can count on Derrick Henry to return that draft capital, especially as a running back who doesn't catch passes, really. He can. He does. But it's not a forte, you know? And so, f to me, it, it's just hard to pay that much, draft a guy that high, who's not that complete all-around back that will catch passes for you as well. Like a Dalvin Cook. Of course, the problem with Dalvin Cook is the injury history. Like, he's just has a hard time staying healthy. We'll see if he can do it this year. Anyway, continuing on. So, Derek Jones, little high for me, little high for me. Then I think Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, I really like him. But he's the running back 10. Now, first of all, there's no way he's scoring as many touchdowns this year as he did last year. There's going to be some regression there, okay? Second of all, they drafted A.J. Dillon. They want to run the shit out of the ball, yes. But it doesn't sound like they're overly in love with Aaron Jones. And they don't want to have to pay him, <laughs> it sounds like. So you still got Jamal Williams there. Now you bring in A.J. Dillon. It just, I mean... You already have the regression for touchdowns coming. That's just not going to happen again. And then you add in an extra running back into the mix. Becomes much more of a committee. And, you know, second round. Second round. I just don't know if I trust Aaron Jones at that high of a price this year. And I love me some Aaron Jones. But second round, man, because we'll look at this. Aaron Jones. Going around him, Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Nick Chubb, Lamar Jackson, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. All late first, second rounders. George Kittle. No, I'm not the hugest on. I'm not going to go tight end in the second round <laughs> or quarterback in the second round. But Aaron Jones, give me Chris Godwin. Give me Michael Thomas. Give me De Devontae Adams. Give me any of those receivers over Aaron Jones. You know what I mean? So I, that one, I'm just, if you need a running back, there's other guys there. Wait. That just seems a bit high, again, 
for a guy who's going to have extra competition this year and is already due to have touchdown regression. I just, it's a little too much, a little too high for my liking. Moving on to tight end, I just have one, and that's Darren Waller. Dude's going in the fifth. Did you not see that, okay, they're to have a pretty good young tight end in Foster Moreau. They've got Darren Waller. Then they added, <laughs> almost said Jason Garrett, Jason Witten. <laughs> they had Jason Witten. I mean, they've got, their tight, tight end room is full right now, okay? And I'm sure Witten's there is like a veteran presence and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think Waller, particularly with the addition of the new weapons, is going to be as productive. Because a big part of his production last year was because Derek Carr didn't have a whole lot else. Derek Carr, or eventually Mariota, whoever it's going to be, they're going to have weapons. They already have Tyrell Williams, Waller himself, that added Ruggs, Edwards in the draft, Bowden. This team is going to be ready to go offensively. And if Derek Carr stinks up the joint, in comes Mariota. Regardless, Waller's not going to get the production. He had last year. Okay. Fifth round. No way. <laughs> no way. I'm all for, as I said before, if you're in that fifth, sixth round area and you've got your core guys and you're just not seeing anybody you're completely in love with, I'm cool going quarterback or tight end there. Because at least in this case, you go quarterback, you're likely going to get a scrambling quarterback. And you'll have a slight advantage of that position over a good amount of your league mates. Same thing with tight end. You get one of the higher tight ends. But not Darren fucking Waller. The production is not going to be there. That is a very bustable player right there. That's the one I'm most confident in. I saw he was going in the fifth round and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with people? The, the tight end five? Are you kidding me? Oh. The article I just wrote, which is for Player Profiler, go to playerprofiler.com. That actual it actually is not out yet. It's not posted, the article. But you can go check out my previous one on Olamita Zacchaeus, Hidden Gem. Check that out at playerprofiler.com. Or just go to Twitter at RMK Madness. You can find all my content there. But my last article, the one which is not published yet, this one is about tight ends you can get later rounds. I would take most of them as a starting tight end over Darren Waller this year. Yes, Jonu Smith, Ian Thomas, Herndon, Sternberger. Give me all four of those guys over Darren Waller. Now, Sternberger, you never know because productions don't have a ton, or tight ends don't have a ton of production with Aaron Rodgers necessarily. But I think... He has as good a chance as any tight end for the Packers had in a while of making some noise. But Herndon, Ian Thomas, Jonu Smith, those three dudes, would you get 9th, 10th, 11th rounds? Way better value than Darren Waller in the 5th. Very bustable player. Sorry. Moving on. QB, Josh Allen. Now, everybody's going to be excited about him because he does have that, that scrambling, that rushing upside. Yes. But he also 
in my opinion, is just not very good. I mean, we'll see what happens. Let's see if he takes another step. Stefan Diggs should help him. But here's my thing. As a Vikings fan, I watched Stefan Diggs. And I'm sitting here going, if he was unhappy with Kirk Cousins in the Vikings offense, I don't really understand how we anybody can expect him to be happy in the Bills offense with Josh Allen, which in my opinion will be less than the Vikings offense. Maybe he just didn't like Kirk Cousins. Maybe he just didn't like Mike Zimmer. So maybe it's more about the people than him getting the ball and all of that, etc., etc. Who knows? I also know he was really good friends with Adam Thielen. And he was pretty bummed about that duo having to break up. So it's a lot of weird stuff there. But I do wonder how happy Stephon Diggs is going to be if Josh Allen's not getting him the ball. Because, yeah, he's going to be the main guy there. And they're sure to try and get it to him. But Josh Allen certainly still has some accuracy issues. We'll see how it all plays out. I'm just a little bit skeptical. And I just fear if they don't come out the gates looking good. And again, receiver going to a new team in a crazy offseason. If this doesn't start, you know, really sparking the first few weeks, like is Stefan Diggs going to become disgruntled again? And I like the dude. I think he's a good dude. But, you know, he wanted out of Minnesota. And if he goes somewhere and it's the same or less than, is how happy is he going to be? You know, I don't know. But I think Josh Allen going in the seventh fucking round is too much. I don't want to take quarterbacks early at all. But again, with the changing of everything and these rushing, scrambling type quarterbacks becoming more prevalent and people starting to really understand that, if you want one of them, you're going to have to get them early. But to me, Josh Allen is not as proven as the others. His major flaws are still pretty obvious. And I just think that's a bit much to be trusting him with at this stage in his career. Maybe I'm wrong and he comes out and kills it. Maybe are people right. Maybe all he needed was a Stefan Diggs. I got to see it with this dude first. Okay. That's just my opinion. But we'll see how it goes. Because remember, Blake Bortles could run a little bit too. And remember, Blake Bortles had one good year. Let's not forget that shit. So don't sit here and act surprised. <laughs> Josh, and come, Josh Allen comes out and is a bit of a dud this year. Just saying. But those are kind of my players most likely to bust list. Uh, and I really do feel pretty good about him. Like I said, everyone just a little bit higher than LA, except Darren Waller is just way too fucking high for me. <laughs> but the the others, just a little bit too high. A little bit too high. And I just don't think they'll bring the proper value back this season. But hey, we won't know till it happens. Till the games are played. Now, before we get out of the madness, I want to go ahead and get into, real quick, just my Kingdom League. That's what it's called. So this is kind of a new league I've been putting together. I did at one point call it the Asylum League, and it was very, 
I don't want to say Dungeons and Dragons ish. There was just a lot of rules with like clans and and you could have war against another clan. And there there were so many rules that a it turned people off because they're like that's just too much. There's a couple of guys that were like, yeah, that sounds really cool. I like it. But most of the guys, it's just like, yeah, that's too much. Two, I realized that would be a shit ton of extra work for me. You know, the fantasy football sites, they do most of the work for you. And you add in rules that can't necessarily be incorporated on the fantasy website. You got to start doing shit yourself. It's a lot of work. So I kind of thought, let's steer clear of that as well. So I kind of simplified it. And basically, it'd be a 12-team PPR Superflex Keeper League. Ten keepers. You start a QB, two running back, three receiver, tight end, two flex, one of them being the Superflex. You have nine bench players. $20 buy-in on League Safe, group chat on GroupMe, blah, 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 blah. Now I'm just reading the fucking <laughs> advertisement. But I'm going to get this going. So, if you're interested, let me know on Twitter, at Madness. But anyway, in this league, there'll be three divisions, also known as clans. It'll be waiver wire. Uh, the, bl- the waiver wire will be blind bid, the fab. So we're going to get 200 bu- bucks a piece to start out. The clan with the most points, as in total points, each week will win an additional $25 fab per team. And because fab is going to be kind of important in this situation because the benches aren't real deep, it's a keeper league, and you'll see as we go on, you're going to need that, right? Winner of the championship must sacrifice one of their top five scores to be removed from their team, winning costs. Yes, it's a crazy rule I wanted to put in. Just like this one, last place team is excommunicated from the league for one year. After the year ban, the owner, he can get back in by taking over that year's losing team. Or you can just kind of hang out and try and get back in any year, really. But you got to sit out for a year if you're the last place team. There's no out-of-clan trading. You have to only trade in your division, in your clan, trade with the teams in your clan, which can, towards the end of the season, help promote a little bit of... Uh... God, what the hell is it called? The conspiracy type Why am I drawing blank on the word for this? Two people, there are two teams working together to try and make one better collusion. Thank you. Where the hell? I just fucking, my goddamn brain right now. (laughs) Woo! Anyway. So it kind of encourages collusion in a way as it gets towards the end of the season. Because everybody's playing for themselves, see? But the people, the other teams in your division, this is all important. The division aspect of it. Because here's how it goes. When it comes to the playoff teams, there's six teams. The clan with the best overall record between all four of its teams, because it's 12 teams, three three divisions, four apiece. The clan with the best record would take four of the six playoff spots. Now, the clan leader would pick one other team to join him for bye weeks. The other two division teams would then play the last two playoff teams, and those spots would go to the other two divisional winners. Two division winners, sorry. 
were clan leaders. And then you let the playoffs play out. Now, the payouts go as follows. The champion is awarded 120, half the pot. And then the other half of the pot goes 40 bucks a piece to the team members. So they get their money back, double their money back, basically. And so the idea behind this is that you want to obviously win the whole thing for yourself, but you want to work with your division. Because if your division gets first place, then all your division is in there, and then you can only do trades among dudes in your division. So if you're like, my team's really sucking, I got a bunch of injuries, I'm going to help this guy out, okay? Try and help him so that he can help win this shit for the whole clan. Or like, for example, if you got one of those clan leaders that gets in the playoffs, but they're, you know... The rest of their clan is division isn't in, in the playoffs. Then they could say, "Hey, we got to boost up my team so I can fucking win the playoffs." Now, of course, that would involve actually making trades, and nobody wants to sacrifice too much just to help a team win. So it won't be too much collusion. But if you wanted to, you know, sell a guy a little cheaper than you normally would just to help this guy try and win. So that you could get a little cash too. It's not against the rules. See? So it's really about working with your division to get to the top of the league so that your division essentially is cemented in the playoffs. And then you got a good feeling that, hey, if my entire division is in the playoffs, then we got a good chance of at least getting double our money back. Right? So. That's kind of the idea behind it. Make it a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fun. And like I said, because you can't trade with just any team and you can only trade in division, the waiver wire will be important. And the the, the benches, you're not going to have as many bench spots. So the, the waiver wire potentially could be plentiful, making that fab money especially important. Hence why I would award some bonus fab throughout the year. To make it more interesting. So, there we go. There we go. That is my idea for the Kingdom Fantasy League. Yes. And that's what I got. If you have any questions, if you have any questions, comments, you have any ideas how to make this better by taking something away, adding something to it. Ultimately, I'd like to get a group of people in a group chat who are interested in doing this league or something very similar to this. We all get in a group chat and just really work out the kinks and the details of the rules and then get it set up to where we like it. And then get this fucker going. Because I'm pretty open. I just want something different, something unique, something that's not like all the other fantasy leagues. And uh, this is what I got. This is what I got so far. So, anyway, that's what I got for you for the madness. I'm going to go check on my... Wife and kids real quick who are in there being so patient and wonderful. They're waiting for me to finish podcasting before I make some brunch. Yes, being so patient and wonderful. But I'll be back in just a sec and we'll get going with the close. Talk about what we're going to do next episode. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So... I hope you got some good stuff out of the madness. Players most likely to bust. Hopefully that helps you. Maybe when you're sitting there thinking, and that person is there 
waiting for you to take, you'll think twice and kind of check the landscape, if you knew what I mean. So hopefully that helps you a little bit. And the first few rounds, get guys you can count on. You know what I mean? Guys that you are positive. You know, a lot of stuff going around about Michael Thomas right now. And while I agree, and there are receivers I do prefer, dude scores a lot of fantasy points. I, do, I, do, I mean, we'll see what happens next year with no Drew Brees and if they go with Taysom Hill or maybe they keep Jameis Swiss. We'll see what happens then. But for this year... I don't think Michael Thomas is going to be much different. I mean, just my opinion. I really like Chris Godwin. Expect him to do more of the same. I understand it's a different quarterback, but man, Bray's going to love Godwin. I'm telling you. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just, for me, those first three, four rounds, I want dudes I can super count on. And the guys I mentioned, I have questions about all of them. So why am I spending that high of a pick on somebody on or on a certain position that has question marks. That's just me, coming from me. So hopefully you got a little something from that. Hopefully you found my new idea for the Kingdom League, this unique and interesting league. Hopefully you found that, well, unique and interesting. And uh, again, at RMK Madness on Twitter, if you have any thoughts, comments, or whatevers. But let's look at third-year re receivers, blah, 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 Third-year receivers who could end up being this year's Chris Godwin. We'll check it out. We'll look into it. I've already started writing and, and looking into these players. So I've got five. I've got five that I'm looking at. Five that I'm looking at to discuss with you next week. So we'll get into that. Other than that, again, have a safe rest of your holiday. Safe rest of the week. Be careful out there, people. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you again soon. Peace out. Welcome to the